This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to HITS radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. I'm back again with uh, Mike Goosby from LAPD K9. We're doing our third and final installment here talking about uh, perimeters and tactics. So today we're going to go a little bit deeper into some tactics about uh, what happens. We, we talked uh, the first episode kind of about how LA does does things. And then we talked in our second episode a lot about how to set a perimeter and who's responsible on the perimeter, what they're doing. Talked a little bit about announcements. Today I want to get a little bit deeper into just tactics and specifically uh, upon contact with a suspect, uh, how they handle it, um, see if there's some takeaways that, that maybe we could all uh, look at our tactics a little bit. So how are you doing, Dave, Mike? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. And thanks for, uh, I know I keep bugging you and getting you on these uh, podcasts, but I appreciate you. You have a lot of, uh, you guys are fortunate enough to have a ton of experience and I, I think it, it it's uh, valuable and I know people appreciate you guys sharing your experience so openly. I, I see you on social media, and I see you, that you you never seem to hesitate to to share any any knowledge you have. It's not about who's the best here. It's about uh, sharing a lot of really good information. So I, I for one, appreciate it. Thank you. It's, it's about the canine community, man. You know, we all want to go home at the end of the night. That's the that's that's the answer right there. Exactly. And we talked in the last episode that you might not have all the resources that that you describe and that some people have, but but tactics are tactics and good tactics are are generally good tactics and bad tactics are always bad tactics. So I kind of wanted to discuss that a little bit, that regardless of how your perimeter set, how you end up there, you know, if you, you end up, you're, you've, you're, you're now in a yard or on a track where whatever the situation is at, at, at the point where your dog now, and I'm not going to start right off with your dog making contact, Let's talk about your, your dog is now working hard in some odor. Um, let's talk about those tactics. Okay. So just, just to start off, understand that uh, all of our dogs work off leash. They work off lead. All of our searches are off lead. There are only a couple of times where we apply a long line to the dog, and that's on a tactical approach of a suspect that we think that uh, have been shot and is down, is not moving, but we're not sure if the suspect is deceased or not or if he's laying on top of a weapon or something like that. We may put the dog on a long line to drag the suspect off the weapon, away from the weapon. Or on a barricade, we may use it if a suspect comes out of the house in a long line deployment, which is a whole different conversation. So generally, our dog's working off lead. So if our dog's working off lead, you know, and all of a sudden the dog gets interest or starts working odor, the handler's going to let the search team know. He's going to alert the search team, hey, my dog's getting something here. Let's everybody grab a piece of cover. They're going to grab a piece of cover in an area they've already searched in a yard that they know is clear behind them. Let the dog work. The dog is working. The handler's working. The dog work. If the dog goes to a suspect or to an area, let's say a a garage or a cabinet or something like that, or an overtory, a, a lawn shed, a, a garden shed, and starts barking or whatever, they're gonna call that dog back to the side, and they're gonna order that suspect out of that 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 uh, that container or wherever he's hiding in. What they're not gonna do is they're not gonna walk up and open it up and send the dog in there. Okay, they're gonna, they're, now they know where the suspect is. So as far as intents and purposes, it's not a traditional or conventional barricaded suspect. You know, we're not going to make this a SWAT call, but we know the suspect is in there. We've got him contained. We've got him contained. So yeah. now, time's on our side now. We're going to slow things down. 
We know where he is. And now we're going to call in our resources that we may need to get him out of there. Meaning that if we need gas, we're going to call for gas. If we need a, a, a fireman's pole with a hook on it to pull a door open to give us some more line of sight in, in, from behind cover, we're going to do that. We're going to do all the things we can now to get this guy to come out of there without having to walk up to it, open a door, send a dog in there. We know so basically, basically, it was a dog search while the dog was searching. Now we've got the the dog is located, the guy in the shed, say, in the backyard. Not really a dog search anymore, right? No, it's not. The dog has done his job. And for us, we have very few physical directed apprehensions. We have them sometimes, but very few. I could probably count on one hand the last two years where we've actually had the dog line of sight, line of impact, and sent the dog to bite a suspect. 99% of our work is going to be the dog hunting, seeking, you shall find. That's the dog is there for us. Hey, find him for us. Once you find him, we now have our bag of tricks that we're going to use to get this guy into custody. But at least now we know where he is. And we can slow and things down. Now. That's, that's a discussion I had with some officers one time uh, at HITS. We were talking and, and I don't know, one way we brought up and I said, you know, if you find a guy under a, a you know, you're on area search, find a guy under a car, maybe sending the dog under there is not really the best idea. Maybe start using some other resources. Right. And I think that's a there. mindset. Yeah, yeah, he's he's figure out a way to get him out as opposed to sending the dog under there because dog's kind of at a disadvantage and maybe it's not the best tool we have. Maybe it will be after you've discussed it. But. Absolutely, maybe it will be. Absolutely. But but you but you just said a key word there. Disgust it. Disgust it. How often do we see? Because now it is one of social media. We see uh, you see body worn video, you see cell phone video, you see news helicopter video. Oftentimes, we see a lot of stuff, and you can tell, you can see, there's no discussion taking place. Nope. So all of a sudden now, I just go insert my dog, and no one around me know what I'm going to do, what I plan to do. We have a problem now. Yeah, and nobody nobody knows what they're going to do once exactly. the dog is biting the guy exactly. in the car. Exactly. What's the answer? What's the answer? So now the dog's biting the guy underneath the car. What's our, what's our plan now? Yep. See, so that's where things come to play. you got to slow things down, and you got to discuss things. Uh, going off base a little bit, last night, uh, I was online and uh, on one of his canine discussion pages, and there was a handler down in another state. I think it was Florida. Anyway, he uh, he had a track of a suspect, really good track, really good job, and he sees a suspect hiding before the dog even makes contact. The dog is alerting and gets to a certain area, so he's he's a good handler. Starts looking around and sees a suspect. He calls the gets his dog back to him. He starts giving commands to the suspect, so on and so forth. Uh, let me see your hands. All those good things, and everything, and all this took about. And then he had officers approach take the suspect in custody. I'm going to say all that part right there probably took about maybe, heck, five to ten seconds. Uh-huh. But then someone asked him on the course of it, they said, well, well, he didn't comply. Why didn't you see your dog? And the handler goes, the handler had a good answer. He goes, well, my dog didn't have line of sight on this guy. Like, where the guy's hiding, the dog couldn't get to him, you know, without searching for yeah. him again and so on and so forth. But the thing I took from that was like, what was the rush? Yeah. This thing was a matter of five to ten seconds. So we say yeah. not complying. Five to ten seconds? Yeah. You know, if we have proper cover and proper people there and, and we're trained and we have our deliberate tactics, we can afford to give ourselves those five to ten seconds or longer. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so why, why throw a dog into something that that dog's not ready for, but more importantly, your team isn't ready for? And, and we've talked in the last two episodes about, you know, resource-rich departments versus ones that don't have the resources. I can't come up with a scenario in my mind where – if you're out using your dog and even if you have a single cover officer that you don't have those extra five to 10 seconds or realistically a couple minutes, take cover and then kind of come up with, all right, we've got them contained. Here's our plan. 
if you don't have that, maybe maybe you shouldn't be out there, I think. So. Exactly. Exactly. You, you have to have a plan. That's yeah. why we want to be on the same sheet of music when you're going to deploy with your search team. And that goes, your, to, it goes to some of the training you talked about in the first episode, uh, episode that we did. You know, decision-making scenarios should be part of your training yes, to, to get that mindset in the canine officer that I've done my job. Now let's call in, you know, the the SWAT guys or something else right. and, and, yes. and move, move this to, to the next level. Yeah, so. a, lot, you know, a lot of training we do early on is for the dog, you know. Yep. But after a certain point when the dog is certified for the field and we're now going to be expected to respond to a myriad of different things, you know, now a lot of training has to be towards the dog, the handler and the yeah. dog. You know, the handler's yeah. going to be part of this, you know. So so now let's say, so that guy, the dog found that guy, whatever, we call the dog back, we give our mm-hmm. commands, guy comes out, we take him in custody, he gets identified, we move forward, everybody's going home. Now yeah. let's change the scenario where the dog goes in, the dog comes up, the guy sees him, try to kick, try to fight, whatever, whatever the case may be, the yeah. guy gets bit, the dog's on the bite. Even still, we're not going to go into panic mode. We're going to talk to our team. Hey, okay, dog's on a bite, obviously, because the guy's screaming. Okay, you're going to get cover there. You're going to stay, maintain cover, point officer. Regards, once I call my dog back to me, you're going to take over commands to order the suspect out. I'm going to keep my dog at my side so that if the guy starts running, if I need to deploy him, I can, or at least I can get a line of sight of where he's going. That and, all takes and, about five seconds. Exactly. And this is the part of this episode that I hope sparks a little bit of thought and we'll probably get you and I some emails, but I know you and I are very much on the same page here that you said something there and I want to go deep into the woods on that. You call your dog back to you. We call our dog. We've verbalized our dogs in every search. I can't remember the last time we had to hurt out a dog. We verbalized everything. And the reason why we verbalize everything for us is all about tactics. And you can give me the arguments about, hey, what if the suspect gets up and runs? Hey, what? Are you telling me this is a, I just won the lottery? So he's going to get up and run? And I go search for him again? And my dog's going to find him again? So my dog's going to get two fines on one guy? Can he run exactly. three times, please? Can he run four times? <laughs> oh, so he runs. My dog found him. Now he runs. And another dog in the search needs to find him, too? So two dogs got to find? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Come this on, is man. a training day now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. You know, so he runs. I have my containment set up. I will search for him again. So okay. let's, let's go down the, the list of, and I know you probably have a few too, but what, what do I hear when, when you tell, because I, I firmly believe that, you know, there's no absolute, but I think your, your, your mindset should be, I'm going to call my dog back to me and make the, the suspect move a little bit. So one of the things I always hear is, no, I'll leave the dog on him and I'll go cuff him while he's on him or my dog's too tough to ever really actually release a street bite. So, well, that's, that, that's, that, that's, that's, <laughs> I've never met any dog too tough to release a street bite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going to say if that's the case, then there's probably some training to take place and maybe that may not be the right dog to be walking in the, yeah. the streets. I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, I also hear, Hey, the dog comes off. There's a chance for him to rebite the suspect and get another use of force. Okay. That doesn't happen either. I, I, I can't. I, I, we call the dog back, they come back to us. But let's just say the dog comes off, the guy punches the dog, he's coming off the die, still fighting, the dog rebites. Okay, he gets a rebite, but you call the dog back to you again. Yeah. What's yeah. The, okay, so yeah. the, and, same, and the, the guy's doing the same up. thing he was doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The guy is doing the same thing he was doing for the initial bite, during the second bite. That may yeah. happen. Yeah. But am I more concerned with this guy getting a rebite, or am I more concerned with me going home safely? Because here's a question. When do we know 
that the guy the dog is biting is actually our suspect. And our only suspect. And our only suspect. What if it's multiple suspects, multiple armed suspects? They hide together at times. Okay? Or you might get what we call a pilgrim. I'll give you two scenarios real quick here. I was brand new with my first dog. And we're going and uh, we're searching along for a GTA suspect, Grand Theft Auto suspect, so vehicle suspect. He's a limited unarmed suspect. The dog goes to a back fence in one yard, and he's on a salad bar. He's barking, bark, 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 bark. He's trying to get over this fence. And I'm like, holy shit, he's getting a lot of scent from his yard over there. And so the trainer of my team tells the uh, airship, hey, we need a lot of scent from his next yard over. He goes, I'm not going to have the backside search. I'm going to have them hold, and I'm going to bring the new dog around. So we hold containment in the yard we're in. We go around the block, and it's a deep yard. It's about a half-acre size lot. And uh, I kick my dog off the search. And my dog goes five feet into that yard, and he cuts to his left, and he goes underneath the house. And he's all over this dude, like stink on shit. He's all over this guy. And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm doing a cabbage yeah. pack dance right now. I'm <laughs> like, my dog killed this guy from half an acre away. Oh, like the best dog out here in the world. This is the best police dog yeah. ever. I'm all happy and everything. We order the dog back, or the suspect out, call the patrol guys up. Guess what they tell us? <laughs> that's, that's not our right guy. guy. <laughs> that's not our guy. What do you mean that's your guy? He got bit. He is your guy. <laughs> so we continue searching that yard. We kept our, kept, kept our containment up. I find the guy my dog was hitting on underneath the car, right next to the back fence. My dog was hitting on the backside. That's the guy. Order that sure. guy out, get him into custody. Well, we sure. talked to the guy the dog with the first time. He goes, Hey, man. He goes, I heard the police cars. I saw the helicopter. I got three misdemeanor warrants. I thought they were chasing me. So yeah. he ran and hit. Yeah. So that happens. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. but was I going to crawl underneath that house and get that guy and, yeah. and get my dog off? Or am I going to expect that guy to crawl to me my dog biting him? Because mine, he's, so, he's already so a guy that shouldn't be getting bit in the first place. Yeah. So, so say it was the right guy and you've called your dog back and maybe, maybe you don't even have complete sight of this guy. You can see, you know, part of him, you can see the dog on and take right. one arm and you've called the dog back. Cause that's what I'll get sometimes. Well, if I can't see the guy, I'm not calling the dog off. Well, why not? I, I don't want to crawl under there. I, Cause I can't see the guy. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. I can't see the guy, but I know so, he's there. Yeah. So we've called the dog back and, and now he doesn't want to come out. Fair so time. I set my containment closer now. Now I'm in entertainment on that you know location where, now. Yeah, and you know where I, he is. And I slow it down, and I start dealing with him verbalization, verbalizing. Yeah, there's no rush yeah. for me right now. Exactly. He's going to go to jail. We know that. Yeah. So. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah. So that. So we verbalize everything, you know. And I, like I said, I get all the, you know, we'll we'll put the rebuy if he moves again. Yeah. My thing is, we've used all these tactics. We got these helmets on. We have tech vests on. We have shoulder weapons. We use all these tactics to systematically search for this suspect. Why now, once a dog finds him? We're going to run in there to take this dog off and go to where this guy's hiding. As we're searching, we're buying real estate. Everything behind me is safe. If this thing goes to heck while I'm searching, we get shots fired. I have places behind me that I know are clear that I can take cover and return fire safely from. I don't have to worry about being backshot by anyone or anyone sneaking up behind me. I own everything behind me. So if that's the mindset I'm using as I'm searching. Why now my dog finds someone? Am I going to run into the bush or wherever that guy is to get my dog off this guy? I completely agree. But I think, uh, unfortunately, would you agree that you and I might be in the minority there? Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. But I will say this, though, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way. I think that folks who live by that mantra 
and charge into that mantra like that have not been shot at by a suspect on a canine search. They have not been or, involved in a daily behavior situation that's like that. Or had a second suspect. Or had a know, second suspect come from that, behind them. Exactly. Because yeah, what if your dog air since the guy that's further downrange and now you're running through a yard. Exactly. You spent, exactly. you spent all this time being safe and trying to stay away from this guy. And now at the, the moment of, I wouldn't say crisis, but it's probably the, the most dangerous point where the suspect is a little pissed off because you've attached an animal to him and he doesn't really want to go to jail any more exactly. than he wanted to originally. Now you're going to run up and straddle over the top of him. Exactly. You know, it, it makes no sense to me. No sense. And I, you know, I, 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 I you know, and, and, he, and people ask me all the time, well, I don't believe you guys do this. Hey man, the videos are there. You know, everything's on, yeah. everything's a body worn video. I, yeah. I can't hide it. It's all a body worn video. You know, I put yeah. one on, uh, I put one on social media not too long ago where one of our dogs was on a bite. And uh, he was the guy who had the dog in the headlock. The dog had a pretty good significant bite on the guy, and but the guy it didn't take the fight out of him. I mean, this guy, this yeah. guy was very significant. This is this is this bite went to a categorical use of force for us because the yeah. bite was that bad. But it yeah. didn't take the fight out of this guy. They ended up tasing yeah. the suspect while the dog is on the bite, and they were yeah. probably now at this point the search team is probably about at the most five feet from the suspect. But even still, you saw them on the video hold their mud, and the handler slows things down. Who's going to handcuff? Who's going to do this? Okay, stand by. I want to get my dog back to me. And for five feet away, he still calls that dog off. They were pretty close enough to go and put hands on this guy. Yeah. That's not the way yeah. we operate. Call that dog off. Get him out of the way. Because yeah. dogs are chaos. Dogs yeah. are chaos and bad guys are chaos. So they come together. That's chaos. You're never going to solve chaos with more chaos. No, and that's what I always say at that point. You've you've done everything about directing the tactics, directing yes. everything, and then the minute you chase that tail downrange, the dog is now in charge. Exactly. No, and the dog is all the, the tactics, and it's a terrible idea. So the way I, the way I teach our guys and, and anyone else I'm teaching, I have, I have departments out here that I train monthly as well, you know, and they kind of get the picture too. We don't change our tactics for a dog. We add a dog to our already established tactics. Now, we're going to make concessions because we're using a dog, but we're not going to change our tactics dramatically because we're using a dog. If you have to change your tactics dramatically because you're using a dog, then something is wrong. You have to fix sure. that. I agree. You have to fix it. You know, the dog should not dictate tactics for us. The dog shouldn't. We had a caper. This is where we got our long line deployment on the barricade. And uh, we're very fortunate, don't get me wrong, that we get to see a lot of different things, a lot of different scenarios and use our dogs in there. You know, uh, we had a yeah. barricade once where the suspect kept coming out. But every time he came out talking trash to SWAT guys on containment, they noticed that he wasn't armed. So at some point, the SWAT sergeant and SWAT team leader goes to our canine guy, hey, can you send your dog and bite this guy and keep him from going back in? And the hound was like, yeah, I could do that. And he could. Yeah. yeah. And so but the, the, what happened was, though, the guy was on like a little elevated porch. It's probably about five steps leading up to where the guy was. The dog had to go those five steps. And the handler sent the dog, but during our debrief, we realized that uh, the dog wasn't totally locked onto that guy. The dog ran up, and the dog went kind of to search mode a little bit. Sure. And the guy saw him and goes to move back to the door, which got the dog's attention, and the dog jumped over those five steps, took a bite, and took the, got the suspect down. And boom, that's one time they moved up and the hell got hands on the dog yeah. and took the guy into custody. So we hot watched it, we debriefed it. We said, well, damn, what are the things that could have gone wrong with this? What if the guy made it back into the house and the dog ran yeah. behind him and the door closed? What yeah. if the dog's on the bite and the guy fell into the house and the dog's on the bite and the door closed? Now yeah. that dog is now doing what? 
dictating our tactics. Yep. The use of the dog dictating our tactics. So we yep. decided, okay, when this situation is like this, we'll put the dog on a harness in a long line. The dog goes on a bite. We're going to lock the suspect's position out with the dog in a long line, shoot him with less lethal at the same time, and keep him outside and have the dog locked out when the dog can't be pulled inside the house. If yep. the dog comes off the bite, the dog is back in, the guy gets back in the house, so what? Get the dog back to us. We're back to conventional barricade tactics again. Yep. But the dog is not, not drawn not out. The tail. Exactly. So those yep. things have to come into play. You got to discuss these yep. things and train on these things. Don't exactly. let a dog dictate your tactics. Exactly. So in, in a in a perfect scenario, though, you've you've gone through a gate. Dog air sends the guy. He goes under a bush, bites the guy. Uh, you call the dog back. We call the dog back. We give commands to the suspect. Once the dog, once the handler tells the search team, I have the dog. That means the dog is back. I have physical control of my dog. Now they start giving commands to the suspect. They order the suspect out from his hiding spot. They give him to they they make him crawl to a spot where they're comfortable with him. The point officer maintains cover on the hiding spot. And then, especially with search for multiple suspects, they order a suspect to a safe location. They get him handcuffed and out of the way. Once he's gone, if we're, if we're searching for multiple suspects, we send the dog right back to that same spot to search again. And what what what's the percentage of time that it works that way? Uh, that way, yeah. I'm going to say 98 to 99% of the time. That's how it works. Most, most of the time. Most time. Most times guys get bit. You know, they're like, hey, man, okay, yes, yes, yeah, you're right. I should have given up you had the announcement. Yeah. You're right. Here, here yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do it again. I, very rarely do we get suspects that are just going all in. We have some, yeah. don't get me wrong, but sure. very rarely do we get those guys that want to go all in. And, you know, and, and, and people say, hey, I'm going to have a suspect bring my dog to me. Okay, how many times have you been bitten on accident in training? Yeah. Is there ever a time where you've been accidentally where you can say, okay, I'm going to bring this dog to him and have him taken off? No. I, I, I hate that. I hate the whole <laughs> bring my dog to me. No. You got, you got, are you kidding me right now? This dude has a 75-pound Malinois yeah. hanging from his tricep. I always, Whenever I hear the bring my dog to me, I say, really, what you're saying is I'm going to bring the department's checkbook to you. Right. Because yeah, that's not it's, it's not a realistic yeah, that's scenario. Not a, that's not a realistic scenario. It's, it's going to look really bad on body camera. Yeah. It is. And that's but, the thing, you know, too. That's, I'm glad you said that because we can't, we can't do everything to make the public feel good. Our, tactic, our police work is ugly. It's inherently dangerous. It's inherently ugly. However, if we have the ability to give us a better optics on it, then we should do that. Exactly. A good professional trained dog. Have, yeah, a nice you have the ability to, to give good optics on it, then you should definitely do that. Absolutely. Because you're right. It's a it's a visceral thing for most people. I mean, we not to us, but we like to see a dog bite, you know, because we not for the violence of the that part of it. Just we, we understand that's a well-trained right. dog. But we look at it a whole different yeah, way. But and you can explain it, though. No, we're not normal. No, we're not. So no. we have our we are like I said, first. Everything's on body one video. We have our yeah. support review boards and it goes to the police commission. These are all civilians. And yep. they hear this guy screaming like he's being, you know, de-gutted. Yep. And I go, hey, don't just scream fool you. Relax for a minute. I said, why yeah. can't we see listen. the injuries yeah. once we get this guy? He's got listen a couple to, on his arm. Yeah. And listen <laughs> listen to the, the, the calmness of yes. the, the the handlers, how, how professional it was. That'll change their mind. But Absolutely. when everybody's running around and then when you get the guy who uh, can't do a good lift off on the dog, you know, so, you know, so problem. there's, I know there's a lot of people right now talking about whether we want to call it a brake stick or a gag stick, whatever. I think it's a great tool. I Absolutely. think it's an outstanding tool. You should have a plan um, B. 
But, Absolutely. but exactly. It, it's, it's the plan B. And I think if, and sometimes plan B becomes plan A based on, you know, different things. So I think, right. I think you should be well-versed in it. I think it's uh, I, I think I actually like the brake stick better than a liftoff for, you know, on body camera. I think it shows just a quick, easy release. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. an outstanding tool, but I don't think it should be your, once my dog bites somebody, that's how I get my dog to release the person. I just don't think, I don't think tactics wise, it's, it's smart at all. No, I think it's chaotic and, and you, you can't solve chaos with chaos. Yeah. Well, again, this time flies by with you every time we talk to you, Mike. So um, I appreciate it. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, you're, you're going to be teaching a class that hits uh, this year. So I appreciate, uh, you know, this information, but if, if you like listening to this and you want to, you know, see some videos and see more of what Mike's talking about. Check out hitsk9.net for the information about how to how to come to Hits in Phoenix. We'll be there in August of this year. So I appreciate everything, Mike. I appreciate all you know, sharing your your opinions and being open, not just here, but like I said, I see you on social media a lot, and I I know from knowing you for quite a number of years that um, you know everybody in LA has always been very approachable and you guys will share a lot of information so if uh, anybody wants to, to ask Mike some more questions I'll put his uh, email in the show notes here and uh, be, be happy to uh, I'm sure respond to him when you, when you get time Mike so again, thanks for jumping on Mike and I appreciate we've spent quite a bit of time uh, over the last couple episodes uh, going into, into some of this so I appreciate it and I'm sure uh, over the course of this year, I'll probably bring you back on. Maybe we'll talk about some dog training too. Good stuff. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. Have All a good day. Right. Take care. If you're looking to make an investment in your canine career, come the HITS 2020. There's no substitute for the real thing. Whether you're a new handler who's looking to learn more about dog training or an experienced trainer who's looking for new training ideas and techniques, Come to HITS 2020, where the investment is well worth the return. HITS 2020 will have more classes and more vendors who give away more free raffle gifts and free cash than ever before. HITS is the world's largest canine seminar and is open to police officers and military members. Our experience makes the difference. You've been there, and we've been there too.